Hello, welcome to the Trustworthy AI Podcast from Truera. In this series, we speak to leading AI practitioners to demystify the concept of trustworthy AI, focusing initially on financial services. We uncover the real extent of AI adoption in the industry today, the importance of building trust to ensure impact at scale, and practical ways of getting there. In this session, we explore AI opportunities in insurance. We discuss the barriers to AI adoption in the industry and the importance of trust in that context. Peter shares how Zurich is approaching this through a mix of standards, education and training, and technology. We discuss what made him make the shift to the insurance industry and why he believes it is an ideal space for data professionals everywhere. Finally, Peter shares his views on the AI opportunities he is personally most excited about. Peter, welcome to the podcast. It's a real pleasure having you here today. Shamik, thanks a lot for having me. Let's start, Peter, with a question on the industry you've recently joined, which is insurance. What is the extent of AI adoption in insurance today? How real is it? Are there any particular parts of the industry where it is more prevalent than others? We'd love to get a sense from you on that. Thanks a lot for the question, Shamik. The insurance industry always had a very, very high affinity to analytics be it in underwriting or in the claims management area. So we have a lot of analytic talents. Areas like also natural catastrophes, where you need to handle a lot of data in order to understand what is happening. This is also, of course, a main focus area which we have. More and more technology is available. More data is available. And insurance companies are also growing the business model. So do we as Zurich. We want to have a relevant role in the daily life of the people. So we are changing our business model. And through that, we are also opening up and are part of more and more ecosystems. So overall, for insurance, AI is at the core and we're growing very, very fast. Following up on that, Zurich is, of course, a full segment carrier. So are there any particular segments or sub-segments within the industry where you find it more significant or, or is it across the board? But there are parts in our core business, of course, which as underwriting claims management, intelligent automation plays a key role. It's also important that our underwriters will have access to all the relevant information when underwriting a certain risk. On the other side, as part of our customer centricity strategy, we are using AI more and more in the front office. So in the interaction with our customers, be it retail customers or be it also a corporate commercial insurance clients. So that's where we also see a lot of uptake. But not forgetting also our internal support functions, be it finance or also HR, where we are using also AI to a good extent. Thank you. That's very clear. So it's pretty much across the board at this stage. It's not a particular area, though there are more data-hungry areas, I suppose, like claims and underwriting and pricing. Peter, you mentioned about the opportunities from AI across the insurance industry today. What would you say are some of the barriers to greater AI adoption in insurance? We at Zurich are also part of the financial services sector. So we have a lot of regulation, and also related to compliance we follow. But there is more to come. There is a lot of debates around AI, trustworthy AI as the subject of this podcast here as well. And there is lawmaking in progress. So we're also part of that dialogue in which direction the laws will be going. And that's, of course, an additional dimension which we need to consider, which can also, of course, influence the speed of adoption. There are additional areas which are very interesting for us. It's also around how can we help you to live better as an insurance company? 
how can we help you also as part of your mobility? So new ecosystems are evolving. And that also brings additional regulation. There are additional adoption elements, like the talent. One is to attract talent. The other one is, of course, also to retain talent in the hotspot of artificial intelligence. And there's also a consolidation happening in our insurance industry. The richness of the technologies that you bring to the portfolio when acquiring or collaborating with other companies, of course, is also an element which you need to consider as part of the speed going forward. So let me try and recap a few, because I think you brought up several interesting points. I think you started off with, obviously, the conversation that insurance is financial services, and as an industry, it is heavily regulated. So we have to make sure, even forgetting the new AI regulations coming up, we have to make sure that everything that is done is adhering to the existing regulation. Then you talked about the upcoming AI regulations in continental Europe and in other parts of the world, I assume, including various parts of Asia and even in the U.S., Then I think you mentioned the point about talent and the ability to both attract and retain talent. That's another key factor. And interestingly, you brought an industry-specific point, which is as consolidation happens in the insurance industry, and I guess that has happened in the past as well, Peter, that obviously creates more opportunities because there's new data. But I suspect, particularly with your rich background in PwC and at IBM, that also poses some challenges in terms of getting all the data together meaningfully and so on. Is that fair? Yes, that's well summarized. The richness that you bring to the portfolio if a new company is joining or if you also have more deeper relationship and alliance with someone, this is also adding, as you said, to the positive side. On the other side, it increases complexity. Excellent. We've heard the first two or three before, particularly the talent and the need to make sure we do it in a compliant manner. I think you brought this new interesting angle around an industry that is fundamentally has been consolidated and continues to consolidate over time, that also poses its own unique opportunities and challenges. Now, I'll go back to the point you brought about trust and about trustworthy AI. In the context of an insurer, I assume you are probably approaching this topic from two areas. I think one is as Zurich or your insurance firm uses AI for your own staff or for your customers, Salesforce, etc. That's one aspect. But also, I'm assuming you have commercial insurance products or commercial insurance coverage. And I think you also are worried about or will be concerned about how the use of AI might create algorithmic liability for your clients and how you might be able to help on that. Maybe if you could touch upon both of those points and talk a little bit about how you're approaching this concept of trust in AI, starting with how you're looking at trust in AI inside Zurich. And then maybe we can also talk about some of the work you guys have been doing around algorithmic liability more broadly. Trust is key for insurance. That means also trusted services and trusted AI or trustworthy AI needs to be at the core of everything that we do. The ultimate goal is to have trusted customer relationships. And everything we do, from enriching data, from also harvesting data and creating insights, needs to help to create trusted customer relationships. In addition, our customers are expecting new products and new offerings personalized offerings. And that is also then opening the door for what data we can have, how we can use the data in order to create and also agree on such personalized offerings. So that means, as you said, it's twofold. We need to be streamlined around trustworthy AI across our whole value chain. So that means also how we are dealing with AI internally, but also then in the interaction also with our customers, be it retail customers or also institutional customers, as you mentioned. Now, 
internally in Zurich, there is a lot of emphasis on what we call the democratization of data. Give people access to the data, to trust the data, that they can use that to create those additional value propositions. But this is not good enough. You also need to have a democratization of business intelligence, also analytic capabilities. So we also invest into ramping up the skills, into doing trainings for our people to then harvest and also use that in a meaningful way. And I think that's then the beauty. If you can test and if you can also use AI internally and then grow the skills and with that have the authenticity that you also use it then in the customer interaction, I think this combination makes the magic. And that's also what I like to drive to then have a magical world and also a magnetic world, so which attracts talent because it's magic, but also retains then the talent. So it's magnetic in order to combine those two skill sets for the better of the services that we want to provide. So you mentioned education and training. Are you also looking at some kind of internal standards and framework around trustworthy AI? Yes, very, very much. You know, we made a strong commitment to the street with a data commitment. Mm -hmm. And data is not just one component. It's a key pillar of our overall sustainability strategy. And I think this is a very, very appealing point. And this was also one of the reasons why I said Zurich is also for me the employer of choice. Linked to that, we have a data strategy, which gives the umbrella and the direction at the North Star, supported by policies setting those international and internal standards, but also then combined with a governance function. And here, for me, it's important. Governance is not just here in order to make sure that we are compliant. This, of course, is a core function. But governance also, for me, means we want to make sure that the analytics and data-driven business strategy comes to life. So governance needs to help in order to bring then all our ambitions into reality. And then governance has those two functions. One, of course, is compliance-oriented, and the other one is value-creation-oriented. On top of that, we have also, in anticipation of a new regulation which is coming, new elements like AI solution assurance, mm -hmm. where we are you know, checking what kind of AI solutions we are using. And for example, the regulation here in Europe is very broad what AI is. Mm -hmm. So we need to be also broad in the coverage of that. On the other side, as you said, training and upscaling is relevant. And in that context, our people also can use functionality, which is coming more and more out of the box. So the solution providers out there, of course, also enriching their capability portfolios, we can use that. On the other side, we need to also evolve and go beyond that if you want to use that with a competitive advantage. Very interesting. So, Peter, one thing I really found striking about your response just now was you talked about the two objectives of governance. And of course, one of them is to make sure that we're compliant with all the internal and regulatory requirements. But you also mentioned value creation as an objective for good governance. That sounded very interesting. Say more. I think uh, our customers expect, of course, that we as Zurich are trustworthy. And that's the external view on us. We, of course, need to live up to those standards. The regulators are defining certain standards and are in the process of defining new ones. And of course, for us, governance needs to be a function how we bring that to life. And that means, of course, also how can we bring in additional wowing moments, experiences for our customers as part of our interactions that we are having. And that, of course, needs a dialogue, a dialogue with our customers, 
that needs also new products and new offerings that we are creating. And that also needs then an ongoing evolution. That's why I also call this dimension the new ecosystems. And echo here writing with the H. So it's not just a classic ecosystem, it's also the feedback loops that you need to develop with your customers in order to have an open dialogue. And through the open dialogue, we can positively, of course, also convince. And through that, more trust can be created. And I think that's a, a main direction for us as part of our customer centricity strategy, that we can create more of those trusted moments. And then also our company will have the opportunity to help you even more in your daily life. Excellent. The crux of it seems to be governance as an enabler of that echo or feedback loop that you de desire to have. Correct. You need consistency. You need also certain standards to follow. Yeah. On the other side, you need the openness in order to address and personalize needs. And I think that's a challenge in order to balance both dimensions at the same time. So, Peter, you've had a long and illustrious career across data and digital in very many different industries, I'm sure, in your time at PwC and IBM. When it came to deciding to get into the industry, you chose the insurance industry as a very seasoned data professional. I think that makes you ideally placed for my next question, which is, what would be your advice for data scientists and data professionals? Why should they join an insurer rather than, I don't know, a, a fintech or a, or a non-financial technology startup or technology giant? Why join an insurer if you're a data scientist? A very good question. And uh, if you had asked me a year ago, then um, I would have said, okay, I agree. You know, I think insurance is maybe not the place to be. Yeah. But I really changed because I had a much closer look. Insurance is the place to be. We are a reflection of all the other industries. Every industry is part of a digital disruption and needs to have insurances in order to cover their products and their services. So a lot of disruption is happening in all those industries, as well as in the insurance industry. And that's why I think you have the ultimate, of course, combination of both, which bring a total richness of new challenges. And that's why I also said, wow, that's the place to be. Insurance wants to move into the daily life, become relevant, if not essential, for you as a person. So how can you do that? New ecosystems are creating. In addition, digitization brings a lot of also new risks cyber risks or also risk related to ESG, mm -hmm. that also needs to be addressed. This is also an area which needs, you know, seeking insurance. Mm. So another space, another demand is, is happening, is creating. And of course, we can respond with new products and new services. And you also come in the environment where analytics is core. This is not just a peripheral component. In order to convince underwriters, acclaimed specialists who have a high affinity for analytical capabilities, you need to be able to add on top of that and in the dialogue as part of cross-functional teams work together side by side. Insurance has a lot of data. Mm. Some also data which we have not used in the past in order to create new value proposition linked to that. But we also need to create additional data, especially around the new products and services. All of that brings the perfect storm for you to grow into the future. Very interesting. So if I may, I'm going to pick out three very interesting themes that I've heard there. First of all, you have a lot of data and you're a traditionally an analytics-driven industry, which, as you mentioned, not all that data is, has been used historically. So if you're a data scientist or any kind of data professional looking 
for raw material in some ways. There's a lot there. And there's also a culture of analytics. I mean, some people say actuarial science is the original data scientist, for example. So that's clearly one reason for joining. I think you made a second point, which is, of course, insurance industry is in the throes of massive digital transformation, which obviously is very data and analytics and AI driven. But again, the most interesting thing for me is, of course, that in order to cover some of the risks that are being initiated all around in the world with the digital and ESG transformation and and ESG issues, that itself requires perhaps more use of data and analytics and AI. So these three factors, I think collectively, you're saying make for a very interesting proposition for a data scientist. Correct. Yes, I think correct. And of course, uh, you as a a data scientist or data analytics specialist, you can think about if you want to help on data modernization or digital modernization, you can want to help as part of a digital transformation. That's all nice. But do you want to be part of a digital reinvention? Mm -hmm. Then join us. Excellent. I hope those who are listening are going to pay heed and you'll, you'll see a massive increase in people wanting to join your team. More than happy. Excellent. That would be a good outcome for all concerned. I'll finish off with the last question, which is a bit of crystal ball gazing into the future. As a very seasoned data and analytics professional over decades now, you'll have a, the long view. And I'd love to get your sense about uh, maybe looking at the next three to five years, not very long. What are some of the AI opportunities that you are personally most excited about? And that can be in insurance or it can be in other industries as well. There's a, a lot to mention, Shamikin is there, but um, in the last, you know, now two years, we saw a strong move from transactions to interactions when it comes to digitization. So everyone is now connected. This is one of the key areas, which also, of course, by the way, lead into the digital ethics side. How can you be connected while remaining independent and in the driving seat? I think this is an overall challenge for us as a digital society. On the other side, we also see machines are more and more coming through IoT and other solution sets into the equation. That really enables you to drive digitization across the full value chain and connect the physical and also the digital worlds. Another area for me is really on real-time analytics. So be there at the edge, be there also in terms of a system of engagement that can respond fast with hyper-personalized solutions. And I think this is for me then the ultimate component, hyper-personalization, not just within, across ecosystems for the better of society and also for our customers. That's where I see the biggest upside, a lot of potential, and for me also a very, very big purpose. Thank you so much, Peter. It's been a real pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thanks a lot, Shamik. Great to be part of this and uh, wish to have a lot of people applying to Zurich as for their data science career. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this interesting. For more information, please swipe on the cover art, follow Truera on LinkedIn and Twitter, or visit our website for future podcasts in the series as we continue to look at different aspects of building trust in AI. Thank you.